Welcome to Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast with Stephanie Lee. On this show, we're going to talk about the experiences of high-achieving women and men across industries and lifestyles who are at about the midpoint in their career and are no longer satisfied to let life happen to them. Together, we're going to purposely create the second half of our lives by addressing burnout and overwork, by getting clarity on how we're creating the experiences of our lives, including how we're keeping ourselves stuck, by articulating what it is we want for the second half of our lives and identifying a plan to achieve it. Hello, and welcome to Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast. On our episode today, I'm going to talk about something that I actually addressed briefly in the very first episode of the show, which is this idea that when we want to change ourselves, when there's something where we'd like to to change an aspect of us or we'd like to grow in some way, that we have a tendency to feel like in order to do that, we need to make ourselves wrong. And then when it's wrong, when something's bad about us, then there's a reason and there's an impetus for change. And I want to actually suggest that this tendency that we have to make ourselves wrong gets in the way of the changes that we would like to make. It doesn't help us to make them like we inherently believe that it does. So what am I mean when I'm saying we make ourselves wrong? So what I'm talking about is this tendency of of us to think about ourselves and to say things like, well, you know, I just, I'm too risk averse. I worry too much. And I know I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't be a perfectionist. I should eat less. I should be able to control myself around food. And I'm probably going to gravitate towards metaphors about weight loss in this episode. So something I've discovered doing this podcast, number one, weight loss is something that I struggle with and I've talked about on the show many times. But there's something about weight loss that I think it's easier for us to wrap our minds around than some of the other ways in which we might want to change. There's almost less judgment when we're talking around weight than some of the more personal matters. So I think it works nicely as an illustration. So when we're making ourselves wrong, again, back to go back to this idea of weight loss, it's, it's me saying to myself, I really just need to get myself under control. I really need to begin to take this seriously. I've got to stop doing this. It's that, that harsh inner critic, the drill sergeant that I've mentioned several times to you that lives in my own. And so we tell ourselves that there's a problem, that something is wrong, and this is why it needs to change. After all, why else? Would we want to change if there wasn't a problem, right? So here are some other reasons that I've thought about that I believe we try to make ourselves wrong. We believe that in order to change something, as I've said, something needs to be wrong. You don't change something that's going okay. And clearly it's not going okay that I'm eating too much in the evening with my meals. So that must be something I'm doing wrong that I need to change. We've also been taught that we need to be humble, that we need to admit our flaws and our thoughts, that we need to not think too highly of ourselves. And so this idea of making ourselves wrong develops into this, well, I'm, I'm kind of keeping myself in check. I'm making sure I don't become prideful. So I'm going to have this little inner critic that 
is sure that it keeps me in my place all the time. And that place is small because I need to keep myself small and in control. And I want to suggest that this is a particular temptation for women in our culture because women are often criticized for being either too much or not enough. So there's this kind of Goldilocks phenomenon where women are either too loud or too quiet. They're too big or they're too small in terms of body size. There's never quite a just right for women in our society. And some of this has been so absorbed by us that that little voice that's on our shoulder talking to us sometimes that's keeping us in our place wants to make sure that we know we are not just right. In fact, we could use some adjusting. And this is where, too, I think we can use this professional development work, which I clearly love, against ourselves. Because we can always think of ourselves as a work in progress in a great way, in an inspiring way, in ways that energize us and make us want to change. Or we can constantly think of ourselves as a work in progress in the sense of just never being good enough and will never be good enough because there will always be something to work on. I've talked on this show a lot about the idea of perfectionism really not being a helpful way to see the world. And the same applies when we're looking, obviously, to ourselves. So another reason that we make ourselves wrong when there's something that we want to change is that we think we're being truthful. We are just stating the facts, as it were. I'm just noticing the fact that I eat too much in the evening and clearly I need to change that. And you hear my tone when I say that, right? It's just a little clipped a little terse. Clearly, I need to make a change. Firm. So what's the problem? Who cares what we're saying to ourselves? Who cares what the tone is that I use with myself about something that I do want to change, that I do, in fact, view as a problem? And I want to suggest that we're actually subtly putting ourselves down and that we don't make change well from a place of putting ourselves down. So what do I mean by that? It's, it's that little, again, it's that inner critic. It's that criticism. It's making sure you're keeping yourself in your place and that you know that you'll be better, even though we would all say, I know I'm not going to be a better person if I'm thinner, but you'll be better. You'll be more under control if you can stop that binging in the evening or whatever the thing is for you. So what I would offer is this. The way that you have shown up in the world You've likely done so for a reason. It's likely served a purpose for you. So taking the example again of somebody who's eating too much in the evenings after work. Now, why would she do that? Consider for a moment that this may be a high-achieving woman with a stressful job. She comes home at the end of the day. She has been wound up to a fevered pit all day. And this is her opportunity to let down to relax, to sit on the couch and eat a bag of chips, or to think about what she can prepare for dinner to take her mind off of the stresses of the day. So it's not this character defect that she's overeating. It's meeting a need for her. It's become a way that she's taking care of herself. And it has served her and allowed her to take care of herself and likely allowed her to keep doing what she was doing. So you see, it met a need, it served a purpose, but suddenly she has awareness now that it's not serving where she wants to be as she moves forward. 
And so often what she does is she begins to, to criticize herself and say, oh, I shouldn't overeat in the evening. There's something wrong with me. I need to change. This is the problem that I have, which doesn't set her up for success in the way that she wants to move forward. What I would offer instead is that you can look to yourself with and through a lens of compassion. What need did you meet through this behavior that you're doing that no longer serves you? You can look at yourself through a lens of self-compassion that you can recognize and honor yourself for doing the best that you could in a situation, for finding a way to meet your needs, even if it wasn't the best and most productive way, even if that way doesn't serve you today. You can recognize that you were doing the best that you could then. And some of you are going to push back and say, well, I wasn't doing the best that I could, because if I was doing the best that I could, I wouldn't have done that. But you did choose to do that, whatever that was. You chose to overeat. And that's how I know that was the best that you could do, because it was what you could muster at the time. So try to have love and compassion for those parts of you that were simply trying to look out for you under previous circumstances that found what you might now consider to be not good ways of coping that don't serve you any longer. When we're critical of ourselves, when we take that tone, when we're harsh, a little fierce with ourselves, we dial up our nervous systems into that place of of fight or flight. We get ourselves all riled up. And that is not the place where our brains are capable of change. It's not a relaxed stance. It's a mobilized stance. And it doesn't set you up to make the changes that you want to make, certainly not lasting changes. It has you making them out of a fear of punishment or retribution or the idea that you're bad if you don't make this change. And it doesn't allow you to recognize, again, that you were doing the best you could at a previous time. But when you look at yourself through the lens of love and compassion and you see she was doing the best that she could, did this thing, reached for the bag of chips, and now it's not serving her anymore. It's not what I want to do today. I don't have to make her bad for having eaten the bag of chips last week. If this seems impossible to you because you feel like, you know, that's a little airy-fairy BS, right? I can be stern with myself. I can get my shit together and I can do the thing I need to do. That is, after all, probably how you've done the other things in your life. It's certainly how I've done the things in my life. Think about how you would talk to your best friend or how you would talk to a small child about something like this. So if I'm talking to my best friend and she's saying, you know, I'm so sick of this. I'm so sick of overeating in the evening. I have just got to get my act together and not do this. You know, how do I talk to her? I'm going to tell her that she's strong. I'm going to tell her that she's got this and I'm going to tell her not to spend her time beating up on her past self for what it was doing to cope. There's really no value in it. But when it comes to ourselves, we are really keen on and think there is a good reason to beat up on our past selves. We think it's going to move us to change. We think it's the truth. We think it keeps us in our place and we need to be kept in our place to remember just how much we need to change. 
And I want to offer to you that none of that actually works. Because if it did, think how different your life would be. How critical is your inner voice of you? Mine can be pretty critical. If I made all of the changes that my inner voice suggested that I make, I probably wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. I would probably be doing all sorts of other things that I had long since done to, you know, optimize my life because my inner voice is pretty critical. But it actually exhausts you. It actually wears you down. It actually doesn't help you achieve the goals that you want to achieve. But what does help you to achieve those goals is to look back on yourself from a place of love, from a place of compassion, and from recognizing that you did the best you could. Even if now, from your current seat, you can see that it's not the best way forward for you. So what is it in your life that you'd like to change? Maybe it's not weight loss, as I've talked about today. Maybe you feel like you're worrying too much and you just want to not worry as much. And you're going to tell yourself, I shouldn't worry. I have a problem. I'm a worrier. I need to cut that out. Think back and ask yourself how worrying might have actually served you historically. How did it in some way keep you safe? And you can recognize that it was there for a reason. You developed that habit of worry for a reason. And now you want something different. Isn't that an easier way to look at change than feeling like you need to beat yourself up in some way? I hope this is helpful for you. I'd love to know what you think about it. Please feel free to shout out in the comments to this post on Facebook or LinkedIn, or send me a message and let me know what your thoughts are. I'd I'd be very interested to hear. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast. If you'd like to discuss this further, again, I would urge you to reach out via my DMs, email me, and let me know that you'd like to talk about this more. I would definitely love to discuss it with you. And I hope that you will tune in next week for the next episode of Not Your Mama's Midlife Podcast. We'll be on YouTube and on your favorite podcast player. Thanks so much. I hope you have a great week. I've enjoyed chatting with you. Bye.